City on the edge. City on the edge. City on the edge. City on the edge podcast. The podcast that tells the stories of Albuquerque, New Mexico, coming to you live from Studio 1A at Ty Bannerman's house. With your hosts, Mike. Mike and Ty. And joining us today, we have the commissioner of the Destiny Wrestling Organization, Adam Merrick. That was a very good introduction. Thank you. Thank you so much, Ty and Mike, for having (laughs) me. You can do that, man. I've been uh, been watching this guy. Um, (laughs) Got my replacement here. We are going to be talking to him about uh, about Destiny Wrestling and kind of uh, its place in the history of wrestling in Albuquerque. What if we did a podcast wrestling event? Wouldn't that be interesting? What do you mean? That let's, would be let's cool. Let's do an event just for the, like like we did presented track of the moon because that was a movie event for our podcast. Let's, we could do a wrestling. And then people would like, wrestle, or we would just I don't talk. Know. I mean, I don't want to actually <laughs> like have like yeah. I don't want to have to do anything. It could but, like, be, but be just fun to, to maybe have some. I think uh, we could fit a ring in here actually. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Probably you just move the uh, the coffee yeah. table. Yeah, <laughs> think you can take out table. your roof maybe. Yeah, we can do that. <laughs> you know, one What's time I was. I was at a park here in Albuquerque, and there was a flyer, and it was this kid, and it was like, I'm looking for people to wrestle with in my backyard, like oh, I wow. am Capo the Great or something like that. <laughs> and so I tried to get a bunch of like improv theater people together to like just show up and okay. respond to it, to wrestle with this kid in his backyard. And it was like, it just was one of those things that got bogged down by a committee. As soon as there were 20 people involved, they started like, what if we didn't go to the kid's house and we just wrestled somewhere? Like, that's not the joke. The whole thing imploded. <laughs> was was yeah. that you, Bernie? <laughs> that was not me. No affiliation <laughs> okay. with Destiny Wrestling. No affiliation at all. Destiny wrestling, but I wonder if you know who that was. Like, uh, you know, we've had so many people kind of contact us throughout the years mm. and just be like, "Hey, you know, I've done some backyard wrestling. Can uh, I join? Uh, and how much are you going to pay me?" Well, all right. like, Whoa! How much do you gun. pay? Them? <laughs> wow! Not they're trained, you know. Not they have to be trained yeah. first. You're because you are an actual <laughs> legitimate wrestling organization. Yeah, cool, cool. not. Just some guys who get together in their in their backyard and hit no. each other with sticks. It is such a secret version of Albuquerque. I think that's my favorite thing about the story. Like the wrestling is just like a stand-in <laughs> for the fact that like there are just like secret worlds going on <laughs> that I have no clue of. It was so right. interesting to hear. You know? Okay, so we're gonna get yeah. to that, yeah. but let's go ahead and uh, start with some Albuquerque news from okay. uh, 1882 okay. because. Um, you know, we, I had this idea for doing, like, Albuquerque news and, like, different things going on in New Mexico, but I swear every time I actually start looking into, like, what's been going on, it's all shootings yeah. and, and murders. Oh, man. I did find a story about somebody who had to leave their apartment because they were infested by caterpillars, but that's really the whole story. Wow. I don't know what kind of caterpillars they were. Um, that's in Albuquerque? In Albuquerque. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> well, not for them. People say we're not doing anything here. Someone <laughs> collected so many caterpillars that they had to move out. <laughs> but I do have an interesting story from 134 uh, years ago oh. in a segment we call Albuquerque 1882. All right. This was uh, printed in the Albuquerque Morning Journal, May 12th, 1882. So uh, 134 years and um, four days ago as we are recording this. Hmm. Not sure exactly what day this has come out, but um, this is the report of the Bernalillo County Jail by the Grand Jury of Bernalillo County. The Grand Jury of Bernalillo County, acting under your instructions, have visited and inspected the county jail, situated in the old town of Albuquerque, and wish to submit for your consideration the following. Uh, Now, where this was located is um, 
right on uh, Central and Rio Grande, there is a rain tunnel car wash. Are you familiar oh, with yeah, where yeah, that yeah. is? Totally. So that, that, that was the approximate location of this wow. jail. Nice work finding that out. The, this, the jail they found to be an adobe building having for the accommodation of male prisoners a room about 15 by 30 feet, also a room for female prisoners about 15 by 10 feet, which is partitioned off from the male prison by board partition only. The whole building is lined with an inch and a half of planks and the roof composed of round timbers of about five inches diameter and covered with dirt upon the outside. The jail is further provided with one doorway containing two doors, one of wood, the other being an iron grating, also a stove. The only opening for light and ventilation being a small window in the east wall about 8 by 14 inches, barred with iron and situated in the male compartment, the female compartment having no ventilation whatever except a small hole cut in the wood partition about 7 inches square. That is so sexist. <laughs> the floor consists of planks laid upon the ground and is very uneven and rough. The food furnished the prisoners, as near as this jury could ascertain, consists of liver and lights mixed together and stewed in water. Lights is uh, lungs, by the way. Uh, stewed in water together with a little bread and coffee. Only two meals a day are furnished of this sort of food. The prisoners are obliged to relieve themselves into ten kerosene oil cans kept there for the purpose, and the prisoners are not allowed to go outside to do this. The prisoners are obliged to burn rags in order to fumigate and keep down the stench from the human excrement, which is in the corner. Mm. The Bernalillo County Jail has been found by them to be a place most destructive of health. The prisoners therein confined being compelled to eat and sleep in the stench of their own excrement. They have found said jail dark, ill-ventilated, and noisome as well as unsafe. And this is really the punchline right here. It being notorious that any prisoner can escape by making very little effort. <laughs> wow. Really? Wow, what a line to end on. Yeah. <laughs> so not only is it, like, incredibly unhealthy, yeah. um, completely ill-equipped, right. and you're like, well, I don't know. Right. Yeah, there's always that idea that maybe prisoners deserve to be treated badly, but, I, I that. and they can escape with no problem. Yeah. And, um, you know, I've been doing this project. Uh, you can go to our Tumblr blog cityontheedgepodcast.tumblr.com where I've been going through the papers day by day trying to find news of note. And uh, there's already been at least two stories of prisoners escaping wow. over the last like three weeks Hilarious. that wow. I've been doing. This. So basically Hilarious. people would get locked in there and then um, be like, well, I could either stay in this place that completely sucks, you know, that I can't even breathe, or I could apparently just leave. And, Very easily. Uh, yeah, there you go. Look, so. you guys really should follow City on the Edge on Tumblr and on Facebook because Ty is doing such a great job of curating these awesome stories. From They're the funny too, man. They're There's fantastic. some funny ones, bizarre ones. Um, yeah. I'll go ahead and do the one from stuff, uh, the next it's day. Uh, printed in the Albuquerque Morning Journal, May 13th, 1882. It's one of my favorite news stories ever. Wow. Two dog fights on the streets yesterday afforded the only amusement to gentlemen of leisure. Oh, so. Nice headline. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Grabbed my attention. That's yeah. not just the headline. That's, that's the a, story. That's a full article. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wow. Man. I like that. that. That was what was going on in Albuquerque that day. You um, <laughs> can just see families like talking about that around the dinner time. It appears two dog fights have been... <laughs> <laughs> now, rele relevant to the, uh, to the subject today, there was uh, the next day, I believe, they, they mentioned that there was a wrestling match going to be held at the Bonton Saloon. Uh, $25 a side, oh, best two falls out of three. So there, oh, there is significant... The Bonton Saloon. The Bonton Saloon in 1882. Where, I bet we could go find an old... They weren't doing phone books in the 1880s. Where no, they, but they, they had those um, 
They had those uh, insurance maps. Yeah, maybe. fire insurance maps, yeah, yeah. which showed every single building and what it was made yeah, out of. I bet we could find it. Who was there? So I bet we could figure out where that was. But that'd be how neat awesome. to know for the local history. As far yeah. as I know, that's the earliest reference to uh, to wrestling in Albuquerque. All right. Hey, you guys, I got an idea for the effort of it. I got okay. an idea for it. It would incorporate wrestling and film. I have well, I, I have long read ever since reading Mark Sumner's or not. What's his name? Yeah, Mark 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 Sumner's book. Mark Simmons. It's Mark Simmons' book. Yeah. Uh, Albuquerque and Narrative History, uh, where they talk about the first movie theater in Albuquerque being a tent in Old Town. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, and I've always thought, wouldn't it be a cool podcast event to do like a tent, a movie theater showing in a tent? What if we did an old school wrestling thing too, like it was the 1880s? With <laughs> well, the, you would with be the, the one to scene. know about that. I and, know there's a lot and, you have to jump through to do yeah. that, right? A lot yeah. of hoops. But that could be really fun, right? Kind of like in like a circus tent. Yeah, like and and do uh, your impersonations of 1880s wrestlers speak in hilariously <laughs> wrong slang and stuff like that. It'd be really funny. <laughs> That'd be cool. I'm sure we could find some yeah. old time wrestlers. Well, yeah. We had a, we had a team uh, last month, the Classic Connection. Maybe yeah. that would fall inside okay. their yeah. realm. Classic. Yeah, I saw them. The Classic Connection. So yeah. what, what what's their story? What was their was their? Um, Levi Shapiro and Buddy Royal. They're just uh, they're 21st century old school. Okay. Is their is their tagline? And they're old school wrestlers trying to bring old school uh, popular again, okay. making old school cool again. Well, is, so what constitutes old school wrestling? You know, I think uh, just kind of the days of Buddy Rogers, uh, Nature Boy Buddy Rogers, uh, really wrestling that took place in the 50s, 60s. Okay. Uh, it's like... Uh, is this the old old territorial days? Is that what they call it? Or? Kind of a little bit before it got territorial. Oh, okay. um, very, very early on. Hmm. Um, but yeah, Buddy Rogers is like the one that really comes to mind. Um, kind of when wrestling first started getting popularized. Okay. And before it went territorial and eventually kind of where it is today. Oh, okay. Interesting. So they're bringing it back to that level. They're trying that's to. Cool. Yeah, that, that's, yeah. Their, that's their thing. That's their thing. Yeah. All right. Well, let's um. That's all great. right. Let's talk about Track of the Moon Beast right. here. We had our big event. We did. Quite successful. Yes. Midnight movie at the Guild Cinema. We showed. Oh, cool. Have you ever heard of this movie, Track of the Moon Beast? I never have. 1971, filmed here in Albuquerque. Wow. Written by Bill Finger, who's the co-creator of Batman. Oh. Uh, he and Bob Kane. Like no way. And you, you might. You're a Batman fan. I take of it, judging by your hat. Okay. <laughs> you got um, wearing a Batman. <laughs> so, from my understanding. Um, Bob Kane came up with the basic idea, Batman, and then, of course, drew the comics. But Bill Finger originated the tragic backstory where, uh, where Bruce Wayne's family was murdered in the okay. streets, came up with the Joker, came up with, like, the Batcave, no way. Uh, Alfred the Butler. Like, basically every single concept that you associate with Batman, other than Batman himself, was... A story was based uh, on a story written by Bill Finger. How interesting. And Track then the he movies. got um, screwed out of it, basically, mm. by DC. Yeah. Wow. They, um, so Bob Kane managed to secure his, uh, his creator's rights over mm. Batman. However, Bill Finger came in after Bob Kane, you know, and said, hey, could I, you know, secure my creator's rights too? And they were like... Um, maybe. What do you want for it? He was like, well, could I have like health benefits and some guarantees? And they're like, no. And they, he just got thrown out on his ass and, um, mm. spent the rest of his life, like in a series of, uh, like lawsuits trying to get, uh, his place in kind of Batman history yeah. secured. 
Um, and also uh, writing terrible, terrible films like <laughs> Track of the Moon Beast. There's one called like Attack of the Green Slime that he Devin wrote. Devin says he really likes that one. Yeah, apparently. Yeah. Um, yeah. It might be worth checking out. Uh, the last thing he did before he uh, he died creatively was write mm. this movie, Track of the Moon Beast, okay. which was filmed here in Albuquerque. Over a weekend. Yeah. And you can really? tell. Oh, man. It's written <laughs> like a drunken weekend. You know? Yeah. Um, Script by a drunken weekend. The plot is uh, a man takes his, uh, his new girlfriend up into the Sandias. They're looking at the stars. And um, there's a shower of moon rock asteroids. So, and one hits him on the head. Okay. I'm sorry. Embeds itself yeah. into his head, which yeah, he doesn't like a little, feel. little speck. A little speck. Gotcha. And yeah. what this does to you, and this is, this is science. Right, right. If you get a piece of moon rock embedded into your head... You turn into a giant lizard that kills people. You turn people. into a lizard that no kills way. people every time the moon right. rises. Wow. Right. You're a weird lizard. <laughs> Blown away. So, Breaking news. So yeah, we so we did a whole episode on this movie, which is worth listening to, and the movie's worth watching. Just, um, it's but, fun. Yeah, but we, so we did this event. We got Frank Larrabee, who sings California Lady. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was there. That's so cool with his family, and they were all cheering and like totally having a great time. It was awesome. Right. Um, so cool to see him there. Yes. Know? And we had uh, Gary Kanan, who plays the newscaster in the film. And was an actual wow. newscaster in yeah. 1971. Cool. Yeah, yeah, that was really yeah. neat. You know, uh, Mara's mom was at the show, and she said that uh, she did, they, her friend just got a thrill out of seeing uh, Gary Kanan up there, because he was the newscaster yeah. when people lived yeah, yeah. here, you know? If you turned on the yeah. TV in 1971 to yeah. KOB4. It was like a blast from the past for It some was uh, Gary Kanan delivering yeah. the news. And we also had, uh, who was our third person for the movie? Oh, Alan Swain, whose parents were both actors in the film and his mom was the casting director for the movie. She, he was out. Uh, my girlfriend, Maro, a.k.a. Lady Uranium, she covered uh, the song for the movie, Track of the Moon Beast, at the end. It was, or what's it, what's it called? No, not Track of the Moon Beast. <laughs> California, uh, California Lady. California Lady. There California should be a song Lady. called Track of the Moon Beast. <laughs> we should, um, <laughs> we got to get a recording of that. Yeah, we, we should. Mix that. it into here. I, I had a recording in my phone to leave mm. somehow. Um, but uh, yeah, it's fantastic. It's really trippy sci-fi guitar loop pedal stuff. She was singing into the guitar and looping it back over it, and it was really neat. That's awesome. It was cool. We had a panel with all these people. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah. And um, if you weren't there, Adam, yeah, me, you missed out. Yeah, Dang. Jeff Jeff Berg, the <laughs> film historian, was there and talked about the history of film in New Mexico at that time. Devin O'Leary was there and he talked about the history of regional filmmaking. Uh, he was a, he's a movie critic for the Alibi. Um, and it was just great. Man, we had such a good mix of people. The movie itself was so enjoyable. Yeah, it was like entertaining <laughs> watching it a crowd. That's the actually. best way to see it. A crowd on the big screen. Maybe that's yeah. every terrible movie, you know? But I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think so. You know, there's that moment where uh, if you're watching it at home alone and you're mm-hmm. like, is this, did that just really happen? That really <laughs> terrible, yeah. stupid idea yeah. just happened? Like, it's on screen for um, real. Did they really just say, <laughs> one of my favorite lines is, uh, the scientist is explaining why he turns into a lizard when the moon rises. Right. And he's like... Uh, well, he has a reaction whenever he's near a moon rock, and the moon is essentially a giant moon rock. And I'm like, wow, that's the most ill-conceived line I've ever heard. And it got a huge laugh from me. And that was Alan Swain's dad, right? Who, <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. That, he was an actual um, who's still alive, astronomer or something. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's, so, that's so funny. Yeah. You know, well, we also, there was a woman in the crowd who had grown up in the house that, yeah. that uh, there were two people in the crowd who had grown uh, who had grown up in the house the movie was filmed in. And it's like been this family joke or something for them for a long time, or this family thing they're proud of, the track of the moonbeast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
when they watch it, they see like their childhood memories, basically. Right. Now, the house was yeah. decorated exactly how their, I think they said great grandmother yeah. had decorated it in 1971. Yeah. You know, Which so it's I, got this. Don't you love that as like a little it's documentary funny. moment? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, wow, that's what a house in 1970s Albuquerque looked like. Right. That's kind of an interesting thing to me. Like, and that was what was fun about this crowd. It was all locals just obsessed awesome. over, yeah. you know. So a good turnout. A oh, great it fun. turnout. It was fun, yeah, yeah. Awesome. It was a little rough because it's like a midnight movie. So it started at 10.30. Yeah, we were all, and, uh, yeah. I don't really leave the house after 8 at this point in my <laughs> life. Uh, and I'm rarely awake after like 11. So I just was, turned 50. Yeah, I just turned 50 <laughs> years. I turned 40, Mike. Okay, Jeez, man, it's coming for you too, buddy. <laughs> Mike is much younger. He's 36. How old are you, Adam? I'm 32. 32. Oh, yeah. you're so young. He, he's uh, just married, by the way. Um, oh, last yeah, year. Man. Last Congrats. year. A year Thank ago. So much. Which yeah. I think still counts as just Are you related married. to Laura Merrick? No. Oh, it's a different different Yeah. Spot. Oh, okay. Right. You know who you mean? Laura Merrick? Uh, uh, no. She was the uh, uh, chief editor of The Alibi for a while. Oh, really? Yeah. Nope, no relation. All around awesome person. Rock and roll. Amazing. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, Adam, let's talk wrestling. Let's talk wrestling. Right. Okay. So, uh, we just did this piece on uh, on Hobo Hank, and uh, we talk a bit awesome about... Awesome piece. Thank, Thank you. Thank you so much. I enjoyed reading it. <laughs> yeah. I love the pictures. The pictures were <laughs> the amazing. The pictures were incredible. I, I wasn't really sure what was going on with the pictures. Like, I'd gotten <laughs> a series of frantic emails from... Uh, the, the, the website is based out of New York, so they okay. were sending me emails trying to, like, get something arranged, and, you know, it just seemed like nothing ever worked out. So I wasn't sure what had happened, but yes. then Eric Williams, who had worked with me at the Alibi for a while, oh, um, he's still there. He takes pictures for the food section. Nice. Turned in those awesome photos. So good. And I thought, man, he just captures the essence of uh, Brute 66. Oh, I love the, the Brute 66 one was great. Yeah. All the Hobo Hank ones, awesome. <laughs> I was like, this is great. And I told Hobo, I was like, you got to turn, you got to get pictures of these. And he said there were so many pictures taken. Yeah. He wants to try yeah. to get as many as he can and sell them, you know, as, yeah, as totally. pictures. Yeah, That would be great. Yeah. You know, and I, I know that, um, I think Johnny K had written something about, you know, he wanted to be sure that it, it captured kind of the professionalism of the organization. Mm -hmm. And I think it really did, even though oh, yeah. they were outdoors, you know, and, and so Absolutely. forth. I think he was a little concerned that maybe that wasn't going to look so great, but I thought it looked awesome. No, yeah. I agree. And it shows how really this, good. this organization is really an Albuquerque institution at this point. Mm -hmm. It's insane. So, Even when people were being goofy in those photos, I thought you could see a real seriousness of purpose. I think they really did yeah. capture that. Yeah, awesome. they're, they're good stuff. And I think, you know, to me, that's uh, that's a lot of what Destiny Wrestling Organization does so well, is it takes the um, <laughs> takes some of the uh, takes the the fun of of the wrestling world and approaches it with with professionalism and seriousness. Yeah, absolutely. We try to do that. Uh, try to make people know, make everybody know that you know wrestling's fun again. You know, it's something that anybody can enjoy, really. And uh, but we do take it very seriously as far as trying to make this a huge thing for Albuquerque. Wrestling right. hasn't been around uh, as far as regularly since the probably early '80s, probably right before I was born. I think '82 or '83 was okay. around the last time there was independent wrestling uh, here in in uh, Albuquerque. Of course, WWE has come in since, and they run right. shows once or twice a year if you're lucky. 
Yeah. But as far as independent wrestling, it really began in the 70s with Mike London. Mike London, okay. He ran shows in the Civic Center, the old uh-huh. Civic Center. The old Civic Center, sure. And he would bring in guys. Uh, Rapid Ricky Romero was the mm-hmm. big, the big, he was their hobo Hank at the time. Oh, okay. So he was the big face. Yeah. And uh, the Funks were also here. The Funks? Yeah, the Funks is in Terry and, uh, and Dory <laughs> Funk Jr. All right. They would come down. Uh, and a big bad guy. Uh, for the region, for the territory, was Cyclone Negro. Cyclone Negro. Yeah. All right. So (laughs) Now, was this all New Mexico, or was this kind of a southwestern region that existed at the time? Yeah, it was a region. I believe that they ran in Lubbock, Mm -hmm. Amarillo, and in Albuquerque. Mm -hmm. And I think there was maybe someplace in Colorado, I want to say Colorado Springs. Okay. And they would just make their turns go into each one. Right. And uh, they would bring these guys. I believe even Andre the Giant actually wrestled here. Oh, really? Uh, At one point. So a lot of of big names in the history of wrestling have actually competed in Mm -hmm. Albuquerque prior to, you know, anything WWE-ish or anything else like that. Okay. Um, So it's really cool to have this history. Yeah. And this was really the beginning. This was a history before you have that 1882 story. Yeah. This this was what we knew as, and we, most of our knowledge of it came from older fans who Mm -hmm. come up to us and said, oh man, you know, I used to go to to the Civic Center for wrestling back in in the late 70s. So do you know what happened in the 80s? Why it just kind of stopped? You know, I don't know what happened. I think it was kind of around a time where wrestling was getting more condensed as far mm-hmm. as it was starting to break apart. Because um, it's kind of like the rise of WWF at that point, right? Like that's where it's really starting to exactly. come into its popularity. So Exactly. Mm-hmm. Around the early the early 80s, 85 uh-huh. was when WWE really had its boom period where they were trying to uh, kind of take down the territories, so to speak. Yeah. And condense so what, them all. Can you tell us what you mean exactly when you say the territories? Like the territories, what? so there is uh, territories are all throughout the country. Okay. So you have territories, you know, on the East Coast, West Coast, uh, again, the Southwest, and everybody would have their own champion. They mm-hmm. would have their own rosters, and they would have, um, they would just all compete, and they would go throughout, like how we had uh, Albuquerque, Amarillo, Lubbock, and everybody had that in their own area. Okay. And so everybody had their own set of superstars. Right, right. So Ricky Romero, again, being kind of the Southwest version of, you know, Hobo Hank for us mm-hmm. or John Cena for a more global right. WWE audience. And it just came down to a point where the McMahons and WWE, they wanted to have all the great talent under their umbrella. Right. And so that kind of started breaking down the the territories no mm. longer these territories had the big names because they all went you know elsewhere yeah so it's kind of this push towards centralization or like exactly. getting things on a national level i kind of feel like maybe the same sort of thing you see with like stores like uh totally you know little grocery stores turning into smith's and kroger's yeah. and walmart's and so forth you know same so thing happened the same thing so where do things stand now now it's kind of again wwe is kingpin yeah. Plain and simple. They got everything. Um, mm. There are some, I think over the course of the last probably 10 years, independent wrestling has become more well known. It's been around right. since. It just hasn't been as big as it was back in the territory days. Yeah. Uh, okay. Because nobody's been recognized. There's There used to be multiple world champions, mm-hmm. and now the only world champion is under WWE's umbrella. Okay. Uh, 
And Interesting. so now there's independent promotions and they go, I mean, every, every state has some sort of independent wrestling. Right. And I think it's on its way back up Is it, as far it, as being more well-known. Uh-huh. And there's not really the territory thing, but people will go. It's more about the individual, I think, more than anything now as far as the individual wrestler. Oh, okay. They'll okay. try to get their name out there by going and wrestling, you know. For us, for example, you know, Albuquerque guys will go try to wrestle in Texas and mm-hmm. uh, Arizona, mm-hmm. Colorado, Utah, California, and they'll try to branch out and try to get more well-known, to get more well-known, to get more bookings. Mm-hmm. They get more bookings, possibly grab the attention of who wow. they want to get, which is, you know, yeah, WWE. The, the big guy. Exactly. They want to wow, get the big wow, guy's wow. attention. So it's pretty much all, in my opinion, it's all about the just the wrestler themselves. Yeah, okay. Not so much about the, the promotion. The promotion's huge, right. but it's kind of just based, like, Albuquerque has Dusting Wrestling. Hmm. That's it. Yeah. You know. You're not part of a network or something. Not so. part of a network, no. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so can you tell me, why don't you take us through how Destiny Wrestling Organization began? Well, honestly, it's just, uh, I was, I was, I've loved wrestling since probably middle school. Mm-hmm. So probably about 98, 97, 98 is when I really started getting into it. Okay. And I had some friends and we really liked doing it and having a blast, having a blast watching it and mimicking, you know, what we saw on TV right. again, sure. something I don't really recommend now, <laughs> like looking back on it, but, uh, probably about 2006, I got together with some friends who I knew from high school and just other people who I knew who were really big wrestling fans. So I really wasn't necessarily friends with at the time. And we knew that there was this void of not having wrestling. And we didn't know right. the whole story at the time as to why there was no wrestling in Albuquerque. Uh-huh. But we thought, hey, it'd be really cool if we were the guys to bring it back, you know? Yeah. And with hard work and, uh, you know, a lot of uh, patience, I guess, uh, eventually it all came together to uh-huh. where we are today. And it's been a blast yeah. being able to do it to see where it came <laughs> from its beginnings. Cool. How about um, so you told me that there's kind of uh, been some tension with the the state athletic commission? I would say at first there was a lot of um, we had we have to go through the same kind of uh, stuff that MMA and boxing have to go through. Of course, MMA and boxing mm-hmm. are a uh, they're not in the same. To them, they're in the same category as pro wrestling, but it's two different things. You know, it's yeah. apples and oranges. Mm. Right. The boxing and MMA is, you know, they're going out there and they're trying to win their fight. Right. Whereas, you know, pro wrestling, it is predetermined. Mm. Right. Spectacle. Exactly. Yeah. Unfortunately, the, bo- the New Mexico Athletic Commission, they do uh, put us in that same category with MMA and boxing. Mm. So we have to have the same regulations and everything. Okay. And I think it was 2012, we actually after running shows regularly for about uh, five, about five years, we finally got notification from the athletic commission that we, you know, we got their attention Uh-oh. and what we're doing is not right. Uh. And so it took some time to work with them and they've been great since we began working with them mm-hmm. as far as helping us to get what we needed to make sure right. that we had all of our ducks in a row to be able to be considered a legitimate hmm. uh, promotion right. here in Albuquerque. We got our promoter's license we got everybody, all of our wrestlers are licensed. So everybody who wrestles in this, in, uh, for destiny wrestling is licensed by the state of New Mexico. Something other states don't, don't do. If you go to Texas, Texas does not have a athletic commission. You can go pop up a ring in a Walmart parking lot and you just wrestle. Totally. totally. (laughs) Can I ask you a question? I mean, this this is not my, like my subculture so much. So I, so I don't know. I just don't know a lot of things about this. Why, Why do you think 
that wrestling is the one sport that shows spectacle over like uh, actual luck filled competition. Like, like why isn't basketball like the Harlem Globetrotters every team? And you know, like, like, like well, like it just seems kind of random that this one thing, which has been a like a, a real sport where people actually are fighting since like Greek times, right? Yeah, I mean, right. it's been around a long time. Why oh, yeah. this one thing? Why did it end up there? You know, I really don't know. I think it just morphed into a lot of people say that wrestling, a lot of, again, the old time uh, mm. fans will tell me, you know, mm. wrestling's not what it was when I was growing up, you mm. know, wrestling's so much more entertainment based. And I think, I don't know if people just thought, you know, the art of wrestling, um, as far as, you know, grappling and everything was just maybe too boring. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I really don't know. Wow. Uh, the full story as to why it went right. that yeah. route. Well, then other boring sports need a punch-up. <laughs> right? Like, you know, like uh, turn hur- hurdle jumping or something at the Olympics. <laughs> Come go. on. We like, need more like heels and hurdle jumping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, make some of them explosive. Hey, I like that. Golfing, yeah. maybe? Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, exactly. Biking. Um, <laughs> cycling. I'm thinking like Lance Armstrong could be like the biggest villain in... Uh, you oh, know, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Like they could just... I don't know what they could oh, call yeah. him, like the interesting. the doper, you know, something <laughs> like that. You know, it'd be kind of interesting because it's like yeah, there there are good guys and bad guys already in these That's sports. That's true. I guess know? cheating. Yeah. Too I just think it's interesting that wrestling plays it up so much. It's fascinating mm-hmm. to me. Right. So what is it that drew you to wrestling then? You know, I think it was just the just the way it worked. Like I knew, I don't think I knew from the beginning that it was obviously predetermined. Mm-hmm. I was just uh, interested in the characters. Right. They had great characters. <laughs> Um, my favorite at the time when I was growing up was Sting, who okay. was, uh, at the time he was a crow gimmick and he would go and he'd face the bad guys. The bad guys, of course, were the NWO, which was uh-huh. Hulk Hogan and Kevin Nash and Scott Hall. Right. And he was a good guy. He would come in and he would destroy him. And I was just impressed with this entire display of the right. entire show, how it worked. And, you know, here's this guy that you want to cheer and you want to love and you want him to get the bad guys. You want him to see him. Wow. You want to see him go after him and eventually uh-huh. win. Huh. Right. So I think it's just a spectacle of it all together. Yeah. And as I grew older and started to know more about how it's operated, how it runs, I just became more and more just interested in how it all comes together and becomes what it is. What makes right. it become, you know, the big spectacle that it is awesome. today. So what what awesome. kind of elements go into a good wrestling show, do you think? Oh, man, you got to have characters. Characters mm. is key. You have to mm. have people, you have to have uh, wrestlers that people will be able to uh, be involved with as mm. far as be interested in. Hobo Hank, prime example. Mm. This guy is down on his luck. He's been down on his luck since I've known him <laughs> since 2008. <laughs> and it's never getting better for this guy. I don't know. It got better last match. It did get know? better. Things are picking up a little bit. He is a former heavyweight champion. Um but they so got to be able to relate to him. Right. Yeah. And I think Hobo Hank is very extremely relatable. He looks yes. like just a normal dude, you know? Yeah. But right. he goes out yeah. there and he takes it to the authority. The authority, of course, being Matthew Robles, the director of competition. Right. Wow. And he, he takes it to him. And people love that. Who doesn't? It's a classic story yeah. that, again, yeah. in 98 with, with uh, right. Austin and McMahon. Right. It's mm. all the same thing going on now. People want to be able to. Right. They relate to Hobo because... They hate yeah. their boss. Yeah, yeah. and uh, the boss in this case is a particularly hateful guy. Exactly, I gotta say. Like, he is overtly <laughs> screwing up. Totally, Hobo Hank's trajectory. Oh, man. So, <laughs> you know, but so I haven't seen this, but I read Ty's article, and it sounded to me like 
the way that like Hobo Hank would win a match and then somebody would come in and say it was invalid was oh, yeah. this wonderful metaphor for the system and for just exactly. all of society. I'm sure people look at that as just like a parable. Like, oh man, I've been exactly there. Oh, you know, yeah. exactly. And yet there's something about standing up and resisting in the face of it. It's like, it's very like uh, absurdist philosophical, man. Like just like, you know, like Camus says Sisyphus must like feel pleasure as he's engaged in this process of rolling the boulder up the hill by seeing everything is beautiful all around him all the time, you know? And, uh, you know, every mineral flake of this dark hill that he's pushing the end of the boulder itself, you know, just by being removed. That's, that to me is what I hear in this. I hear like, like total symbolism. Like these are, these are, uh, oh, thanks, Ty. That's awesome. Would you care for Um, I I just, yeah, that to me, that that makes me want to see it. I'm like, I like that, that aspect of it. Like these are, these are stories where people are working out actual issues in a way, like exactly, you know, explo- like talking about societal ramifications of real things like inequality. And you don't know what's gonna happen from month to month. You don't yeah. know who's gonna get the upper hand. Yeah. At the end of one show, you know, right, right. MK will be standing above Hobo, you know, getting the right. last laugh, having cost him a match. Wow. The next one, you'll have Hobo, and it just keeps going back and forth. So tell me about this MK versus Matthew Robles, because I've seen him referred to as both. And what what is... Correct. How does that work? What's that about? I think Matthew Robles is is his real name. Okay. And MK was a name that he's kind of known with. Uh, I think that was his first... I I could totally be wrong, but I think that was his alias for the longest time. Okay. Was he was the MK Bandit. Right. Okay. And that was the name he would announce as, because he's an announcer, and uh, he would would use that alias. So everybody kind of knows him as that. So if I refer to MK, it's it's Robles, okay. just because right. I've heard so, so many people. So here he's kind of referred to as Matthew Robles a lot. Correct. Right? Like, and exactly. then in other places, he's maybe known more as the MK, the MK Bandit. Bandit. Correct. All right. So what could you tell us? Kind of walk us through some of the Destiny Wrestling Organization's characters besides Hobo Hank, because we've talked a lot about Hobo Hank. And I'd yeah, like to, of course. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you got Death Rage Cartel, who's a trio of. Uh, they're complex individuals. You might want to say they're, they're serial killers, maybe. You know, they, this hasn't been uh, confirmed at they all. They haven't actually murdered anyone. That I know of. In any proven ways. Yeah. Okay. But they certainly seem to wear the flesh of other human beings. Of their victims. As part of their costume. That, Absolutely. Are you serious? That is so funny. <laughs> they definitely turned it up quite a bit in the last uh, six months. And that since is the beginning of the year. Ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. So, so this, <laughs> they're, they're a trio. I call them the trio of terror. Yeah, um, but they, they pretty much run right now. They're running Destiny Wrestling uh-huh. with okay. the help of Matthew Robles. Yeah. Johnny K, one of the members of the cartel, is a currently our heavyweight champion. And these are guys who have been involved with, with DWO since the beginning. Am since I right the about beginning. that? Okay. Absolutely. And are these your the, your your friends from high school? They're I knew I've known some of them for a while, and I did go to high school uh with them. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, again, they have a love of wrestling. Right. They love uh what they do. And they love these characters. They love being where they're at right now as far as... When you say that they're members of the cartel, you don't mean right. an actual cartel. Not you? the actual cartel, you the Death know, Rage cartel. You never know around here, you know? You do never know. <laughs> <laughs> <You gotta, you laughs> they are perhaps just as murderers, though. <laughs> yeah. Again. Exactly. Terrible. All allegations. Yeah. <laughs> and then you have Josh Payne and Dexter. They're the tag team champions. So all three wow. members of the cartel wear mm-hmm. gold in Destiny Wrestling. They're red hot right now. They're just running things... As much as I try to interfere and try to maybe make things fair, again, right. with them having Robles in their pocket. Uh, yeah. You know. And I've got to say, I, I witnessed some nefarious doings on uh, Johnny K's part. Oh, I believe it. He has been using chloroform. You know? To win matches. And I, 
You know, I, I don't know the ref missed that, but that is against the rules, right? You're not supposed Absolutely. to you're not supposed to, to poison your opponents. You know, yeah. Sometimes the ref will oh miss God. things. And that's kind of part of fun of wrestling, you know. Right. The official may not see something, but you see you saw it, I saw it, you know. There's a particular ref that I've been watching a lot, and um I don't know what his name is. Okay. But uh he has got the hapless shrug down. Just just like he is constantly like looking around bewildered with his arms in the air, being like, I have no idea what's going on. Something just happened. Yeah. That's Guy's so got it nailed. Nice. You know, because so the audience is yelling that somebody cheated and he's just shrugging and looking bewildered. Yeah. Who yeah. writes these stories? You know, it's a combination of, of everybody involved as far as uh, the management of Disney okay. Wrestling. Huh. So we kind of have, everybody kind of does a different Interesting. different. Uh, story, I guess. It's fun medium to write for sometime, you know? Yeah, Try come up with a story, yeah. pitch it, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty cool just to have yeah. your ideas kind of, you know, yeah. you have this idea and have it morph into right. what right. it eventually comes out. Because you can take it to ridiculous places, Oh, right? absolutely. You could have someone, like, drive a snowplow in and dump snow on the stage. Or <laughs> totally. You could just, like... It could happen. Anything, nothing is off limits. Yeah. There is no line. All right, wow. if we do a <laughs> wrestling match yeah. podcast... <laughs> Look out! There might be a snowplow dumping snow on the on the stage. Yeah. I don't know how that would work. I don't or know why. why. Yeah, but you know. Why not? Well, so half these stories are that ridiculous. Though. Yeah, you know? like that's so funny. That's okay. Great. So Death Ridge Cartel. Who else we got? Uh, we got Brute Sixty Six Tag Brute Team, 66. Mosh Pit Mike and Ray Basuda. They're Is just the- local guys. They represent the Five Hundred Five. They're mm. big, hard hitting guys. Mm. My favorite thing about the Brute Sixty Six is. Um, I, I spent a while with uh, with Mosh Pit Mike. We had a beer and kind of chatted about different nice. things. Apparently, they're they're bad guys in like everywhere but Albuquerque. Oh yeah, but in Albuquerque, they're heroes. Which to me, Hilarious. that's Albuquerque right yeah. there. Oh, Everybody kind of hates Albuquerque. Totally. <laughs> well, Except they, <laughs> they do set they they represent Albuquerque wherever they go. Yeah. So whether right. especially when they go to Texas, oh how funny they're hated. Yeah. But here yeah, in Albuquerque, they're the hometown guys. You got to yeah, root yeah, for the yeah. hometown guys. Oh, they're absolutely. the Lobos. They're the isotopes, you Absolutely. Know? And they're uh, they're real fun to watch, too. They're they're hilarious. Yeah. If you if you listen to their matches and you actually see what they do, you know, they, they have they have uh, plans because they have 66 plans and losing ain't one is their thing. Wow. Oh. <laughs> Ty, okay. we should do an episode sometime on New Mexico and Texas. And that, the rivalry? That rivalry. Yeah. I think there's a lot there. I wrote an article on absolutely. that Absolutely. Oh, totally. One of the big bad guys for Destiny Wrestling is basically a Texan, right? Oh, really? Chad, Chad Thomas. Thomas. Yeah, Chad, Chad Thomas. Thomas. He is a Texan and that yep. just makes everybody hate him immediately. Does he wear like a 10-gallon hat and like no. play it up? Or <laughs> no. no. He does come out with a hat sometimes, oh, but yeah, not no. a 10-gallon hat. Not a 10-gallon hat. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, he's from, uh, where's he from? He's from Canyon, Texas, and he's been wrestling for us for a while. He's a great talent. He's wrestled uh, all throughout the Southwest. Mm-hmm. Uh, got a great name for himself. Hmm. And he's actually, I believe he was uh, very, he was on WWE's radar for a minute, right. okay. from my understanding. And uh, he's just very good at being hated. And yeah, it's very easy yeah. for him again just because, you know, from out Canyon, here, Texas. Boo! And he's smug, too. He comes out and he's sort of smug. Totally. You know, and you're like, this is a smug Texan. Exactly. <laughs> and he makes it that much more, you know, you just want to, ah, you yeah, know, exactly. Exactly. punch him out. <laughs> so um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. How about um, one of my favorite characters, Pinky? Pinky Santino, yeah, uh, from California. He was formerly okay. a tag team wrestler with uh, Fabian Fury, mm. uh-huh. and those two broke apart, weren't oh. on the same agenda, mm. and Pinky's been on his own now. He's, uh, what is his, I can't remember what his, his tagline is, but he's... Uh, he's really sulky. 
very sulky. Yeah, he he is basically dressed like I would say he comes out and he's like the the fifteen year old overweight goth kid yeah. in the classroom who kind of sits off by himself totally and like doesn't participate absolutely and that's his gimmick like he comes out and he it, it seems he doesn't want to be there yeah he uh he'll wrestle sort of begrudgingly mm-hmm. and usually cheat while he does it so absolutely kind of kind of a great thing he'll wrestle you he, he is just like you said he's a kid in high school in, in high school that was often picked on mm-hmm. and now he's taking that now and he's dishing out on his opponents right and, uh, you know, he's got a pretty good win-loss record here in Destiny Wrestling. Hmm. And now what is the, let's see, what is the role of being based in Albuquerque? How does that inform the gimmicks that, um, that you guys have at DWO? As far as? Like, do you, so let's say Brute 66, mm-hmm. very clearly Albuquerque guys. Right. What makes them Albuquerque guys? You know, is Hobo Hank, is he an Albuquerque character or is that? Something that's more broadly appealing? I think Hobo Hank is, well, his, he's from the alley behind a frontier restaurant. Mm-hmm. So that's his gimmick. So he kind of, okay. everybody has kind of their own thing for wider Albuquerque. And that's right. kind of Hobo's thing. Mm-hmm. And that's been his thing for as long as I, yeah. I've known him. Right. Uh, Brute 66, again, they, they represent the 505. The Brute 66, of course, is a take on Route 66, right. which is, of course, well known throughout the state. Sure, sure. Um, so I think that. They try to incorporate a little bit of where they're from. Any wrestler mm. does this. Try to incorporate a little bit of where they're from into their right. character. That way, whenever they go elsewhere, people will know, you know, maybe not so much Hobo. Not a lot of people know where the frontier is. Right. But Brute 66, they're like, okay, we're somewhere along that, you mm. know, stretch of highway because it's a take on Route 66. Right. Sure. You know, other people will say they're from... Um, you know, places in California or kind of wherever they're at. Right. Um, just to make themselves kind of it'll either help them or it'll hurt them, depending, right, right. you know, again, Texans coming from, uh, coming to us. Yeah. Immediate heat. Because it seems to me that a lot of that stuff, like the Texan, like that's very regional. Like yeah. for him to be hated here and for Brute 66 yeah. to be loved here, like you wouldn't get that anywhere, that particular yeah. mix in Colorado or something. Yeah, right? yeah I so agree. Oh, nice. It seems kind of anchored in, in a city's identity, yeah. maybe. I it like is. that there's anything that's regional still. It makes me yeah. happy. When you see like what Clear Channel has done to the radio and, and its ilk, you know, like how it's just the same wherever you go, like, mm-hmm. you know, chain format station to chain format station. You know, yeah. like so much that's local has gone away and it's just wonderful that this exists and the local music scene exists and all these, you know, it's, uh, it's good stuff. Yeah, and that's yeah. kind of, again, what we're yeah. trying to do. We want people to know that there's something outside of WWE. Right. And so many people um, have actually, they've almost pledged to Destiny Wrestling almost, you know. <laughs> like, oh, we've nice. seen Destiny Wrestling. Like, forget WWE. Forget yeah. all the mainstream stuff. Oh, like, nice. we're committed to you guys. We want to oh, help nice. you guys succeed. So it's very cool to have. We have some awesome fans. Yeah, out do you have there. some particular super fans that you see again and again? Oh, all the time. Yeah. Front row, you get uh, so many people always get front row with us. Uh, guys like Abron. Abron comes from Wagon Mound, New Mexico. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. It's uh, in there. Not much there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, where is. What? Is that east on uh, 40? <laughs> I think so. Wasn't I don't it know. Know. It's kind of out by Estancia and Moriarty. And that, no, that's Wagon Wheel. Yeah, um, yeah, I, can't, I don't know why I think it's... Uh, I know bodies get dumped out there sometimes. <laughs> I, I know it from primarily like news stories about stuff like that. Yeah. Once again, yeah. working yeah. to secure New Mexico's reputation. Yeah, totally. 
I'm we have so many, so many. Uh, so does he drive down from yeah, wagon wheel? Yeah, he does mountain? all the time. Sammy, um, Francisco, these guys always come down. They yeah, don't live Mora in Albuquerque. Some Mora. Okay, so it's north. Yeah, that's mm, a long yeah. way away. I went through actually. that recently. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, what do you think that they like? What do you What do you think that they like about what? They I think they're just there? diehard wrestling fans. They just yeah. love being able to support mm. uh, the product and again support something local. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we're very thankful for them. And there's yeah. many. There's probably about a good, I'd say, dozen fans who are always front row at the show. Right. And who always support. They're always helping us uh-huh. with our Facebook as far as pubbing up our next show, letting people know when that's going to be. And they're just very supportive. And okay. we're so thankful. They're, they're a huge part of our success. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Um, so you've been doing this for about 10 years. Correct. More or less, right? Various levels. Yeah. <laughs> what What have you? Uh, what's the like the biggest things that you've learned about the wrestling industry in that time? Like, what has changed in your view of wrestling, and in the way that you guys do your shows? I think just my knowledge of wrestling, how it's how it operates as a whole, has changed so much. Because again, going in as a fan, you just think you know it's what you're seeing is real. And yeah. having to be able to sit there and be like, oh, okay, so this is why this is happening. This is what makes everything work. And just learning all that has been great. And it's made me appreciate everything a little bit more as far as the talent, what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, because I would, you know, you would have your good guys and your bad guys. And I'm a fan of everybody. There's yeah. really nobody because I, I admire what they do because they go out there and everybody has their own kind of, Thing that they're trying to right. get over mm-hmm. and just to see how what they do to try to yeah. make that happen yeah. is huge That's so cool. it's great everybody everybody i enjoy watching even matthew robles as much as sometimes you know i want to strangle him he, he does he's so great at his job That's he's great. so good at what he does and getting he's, people to hate him he's a great bad guy i gotta he's, say he's so good yeah he's got like wraparound sunglasses and a, yeah <laughs> You know, I assume a cheap suit. I, I'm not yeah. going to say I'm a, I'm good at evaluating suits, and that's not a judgment <laughs> on the fact that it might be an expensive suit. Yeah. But I'm just assuming with the yeah. character that's a cheap yeah, suit. Yeah. You know, yeah. So it, funny. It's just so cool just to just to be able to have again, like I mentioned, have something mm-hmm. that you created come to where it is today. Right. And I, I can't take full credit of it. I mean, this wasn't. I mean, it is my baby, but also there's other guys who consider this their their yeah. child, cool. so to that's speak. Cool. And they've had a lot to do with the success of Destiny Wrestling. And it's just cool to see, you know, the beginning point, where it started, and how it's evolved today. Nice. Bringing in guys, you know, like we mentioned, Eric Bischoff came in. Yeah. The last couple shows. We've had Bully Ray. We've yeah. had um, so there, many. Are there women, too, that do this? We have had a few yeah. women wrestlers. At yeah. our last show, actually, we had Lou Fisto, who's one of the most huh. well-known uh, female wrestlers, huh. who's not signed to a big contract, mm-hmm. uh, compete for us. And she's great. Uh, in the past, we've had Jade, who's currently in TNA, hmm. uh, which is probably the second or third biggest wrestling company, and she's their okay. women's champion right now. Oh, really? And yeah. she wrestled Crazy Mary Dobson. Crazy is Mary that Dobson. Right? Uh, that was a that was an excellent match. That was that a was great match. Thoroughly entertained by that oh, yeah. match. Crazy Mary there. Dobson. She that. is also a serial killer. Yeah, <laughs> very pretty I serial killer. Assume. <laughs> yeah, she's got a Jason mask in the way that makes you a serial killer. That anyway. is hilarious. Totally. I gotta go to one of these. This you should. So, so over good. The top. I, gotta I gotta check it out. As yeah. you know, I I have never particularly been a wrestling fan. Okay. Ever, even as a kid when. Um, you know, my friends were into to Hulk Hogan versus the Iron Sheik and all yeah. this kind of stuff. 
I gotta say, I thought it was dumb. Yeah. <laughs> but I started going to these uh, these DWO shows. What appealed to you about it? Why did you want to write about it in the first place? You know, I don't, at some point I started um, reading the stories of not, not the characters so much as the personalities involved, you know? And there are ups, ups and downs. I still haven't seen The Wrestler, the mm. movie, but oh, I, I understand that's probably along those lines. Mm. But, you know, I read about there was a, there was a match where, um, a pay-per-view match where a guy was killed by a, a stunt that went wrong wow. a few years back. That's probably the first time that I got kind of interested in because you're the so behind, morbid. I am very morbid. <laughs> uh, the behind-the-scenes stories, and I, you right. know, you start reading about. Um, there's something called the Montreal Screw Job. Yeah. Right, and that's a We're that was a time where, where was it Montreal or yeah Montreal? Yeah. You're right. You got it. Um, that was a time where the. Uh, the script, one wrestler thought that he was supposed to win. Yeah. And behind his back, Vince McMahon, I believe, yep. uh, told the other guy, actually, you're going to win. So make, you know, you're going to win. And then they, they kind of cut the match short, I believe, and declared yeah. the other guy a winner. Wow. You know, just totally like nefarious doing. So I, I started to get more and more interested in that. And then um, huh. the Mountain Goats album, uh, oh, right. Beat the Champ, yeah. came out this year. And I start, was listening to that and hearing about Chavo Guerrero and oh, wow. um, so forth. And I started wondering about whether or not there was a, a independent wrestling outfit in, in Albuquerque. Mm-hmm. And indeed there is. Yeah. Destiny Wrestling Organization. I went to a couple shows. Was incredibly entertained. Nice. Yeah, and I, I um, as far as I'm concerned, this is probably one of the best things you can do on a Saturday night in Albuquerque. Wow. Yes, is go see a DWO show. Yeah. It is great fun from that beginning to end. Like a blast. You know, and I, really like I said, this is from somebody cool. who really doesn't does. care about wrestling at all. <laughs> yeah, we've got so many people come and yeah. tell us who you know. I'm not a wrestling fan. But you guys are awesome. Did Taz's yeah. article get you guys any good press or attention? Oh or yeah, like, absolutely. We shared Facebook it. A lot of people. Oh, okay. our Facebook likes. I think. Well, I think last two weeks. We hit over 2,000 likes, oh, nice. which is okay. great. Tie, rock and roll, so yeah, thank you yeah. so much. Yeah. Our article was great. I know it was it was on the most popular articles list on uh, narratively for a while. Oh, there. nice. So that's, that's pretty good. That know? is great. So, that's awesome. And that's that's a national website. That's, yeah. You know, um, right on. Ty. Yeah, it's great. Man. So it it, it right seemed like that one was uh, doing pretty well, and I, I <laughs> totally thank you guys so much <laughs> for uh, for kind of being open with me. Thank about you. All no, that. it was awesome. Awesome article. So what's coming up next for you guys? So next show, we got June 18th. We're going to be at actually the Vista Grande Community Center, which is in Sandia Park. La Madera uh, Road, as a matter of wow. fact. There you go. Is this attached to East Mountain High School? Is it over there? Uh, I, don't, I think it's not too far from okay. high school. Right. Okay. But this is our first show there. Unfortunately, our venue at the Westside Community Center has youth basketball going on. So i got to go to that. It's on La Madera Road. That's yeah. incredible. That's so my you need favorite to place in the world. Yes. Mike's <laughs> favorite place in the world is La Madera Road. Wow. Oh, I love that road. There's a, uh, it's just a stars line. are aligned for you. <laughs> yeah. There's a ghost town down there called Hagen. There's is there so really? many ghost towns yes. on that road. There's Several Pueblos. There's, yeah, there's the whole history of the Southwest on that road. No way. Oh, it's incredible. I'm I mean, going to go check it out. You can see, sure. you can see uh, Tonke Pueblo from, you know, going as far back as like the 1300s. I mean, that that's incredible. With petroglyphs, a whole rock covered in hundreds of petroglyphs. Ceremonial rock. Wow. There's uh, a Spanish village, Tong, uh, Te- Tejon, which is uh, just amazing. I mean, it's just, it's uh, it was a little village that... M.S. Otero, who helped found the New Mexico Territorial Fair that, that became the state fair, uh, he bought the grazing rights and uh, the water rights to this village and forced everybody out and destroyed no them. That, but that little village is still there next to a spring. Um, 
Uh, there's coal mining towns from the 20s. There's a ranch from the 50s. Wow. There's so much stuff. It's like the whole history of the West in microcosm right there, as well as like amazing slot canyons and all sorts How of stuff. How crazy. It's just wonderful. It's just a great area. Um, so it's fortuitous that yeah. you're there, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, um, so well, yeah, that's great. The reason I, I mentioned that. the ghost town of Hagen, yeah. though, was uh, Mike actually named his son after that. Oh, yeah, yeah. So. My son is Hagen. And he's <laughs> no actually Hagen Coyote Smith after Hagen and Coyote, which are mm. two of the towns on the road. So yeah, I freaking love that road. Wow. Yeah. So what date is that again? Uh, June 18th. June 18th? So first time being there at Incendia Park. A lot of people are kind of like, oh, like, you know, it's not Albuquerque. But it'll be worth it. Yeah, it's about a 15-minute drive from Albuquerque. Best thing is, you know, yeah, obviously the show is the best thing. But after the show, go outside and look at the stars. (laughs) It's beautiful up there. Yeah, beautiful scenery. We'll see the great view of the mountains. Sorry, everyone. (laughs) But uh, it'll be a great show. This is Summer Festivus for the rest of us. Okay. So it'll be, it's our really big uh, summer show for the year. Mm-hmm. We have uh, in a two out of three falls match, Martin Casaus, mm-hmm. who's from Lucha Underground, who's okay. a very popular uh, television sh- show. Now tell me, what, a, what is a two out of three falls? Two out of that... three falls. So normally every match is one fall. Mm-hmm. And right. whoever wins, that's okay. it. So this one's going to be best two out of three. So there's going to be up to three falls. All right. And then the person who wins two of those falls will be declared the winner of the match. Mm. So the 1882 match. 1882. Two out of three falls. There you go. So there you go. This is <laughs> lining up. This is wow. going to be a... This is going to be a great match for you guys. Yeah. It's a great show for you guys. Am I right in, in, uh, in, in reading correctly that, um, that MK, that Matthew Robles, will be wrestling Hobo In our main Hank? event. In our main event, it will be Hobo Hank versus Matthew Robles. So about a year, year and a half, two years, really, uh, frustration on Hobo Hank's part. Wow. He can finally legally get his hands wow. on Matthew Robles. But Matthew Robles is going to get destroyed. I mean, you know, Matthew he's Robles, not a wrestler, is he? He used to be a boxer, is what he tells oh, me. Whether okay. there's proof okay. of that, whether right. that's true or not, I haven't seen any proof. How funny. But... It's something that everybody has to come see. Anybody who's been to a Destiny Wrestling show over the course of the last, like I mentioned, two years yeah. and has seen the stuff that's gone on between these two, yeah. this is going to be legal for the first time. They're going to be in a ring, legal. just one-on-one, I gotta and this. it's going to be amazing. <laughs> this Who is knows? the Sandia Park one. This yeah. is the Sandia nice. Park one. June 18th. June 18th. The, right. uh, what, what's the community Dude, center? Dude, don't really miss this. Please, got, uh, Vista Grande Community Vista Center. Vista Grande Community Center. It'll be worth it. 7 o'clock, I assume. 7 o'clock is the start time. We're actually going to have uh, Joe Casada, who's our uh, champion, yes. champion, and Hobo Hank will be signing autographs for everybody awesome. between 5.30 and 6. Um, and then the show will start at 7 o'clock. We have a huge uh, card planned. Mm-hmm. Uh, all titles will be defended. And it should be a great show. Does All Joe right. Casada do stand-up comedy also? He does. That's that guy. Wow, I Joe know him Kisada. a lot. Yeah, and, and so does Mosh Pit Mike. That's a weird little does overlap. That the, yeah, that yeah the, uh, he's done a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, that's funny. Wow, that is so weird. Yeah, that's how so interesting. Funny. Well, performance. Well, we'll have to do a stand-up comedy episode next. Huh? Sure, there you go. Yeah, that could be all right. And then we'll make <laughs> them wrestle each other. Sure. <laughs> well, awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming thank in. Thank you guys and, uh, so much for having me. Today, Absolutely. Thank um, you was guys. there anything you had any... Uh, there was one last thing I wanted to say, and that is I wanted to thank everybody involved in the Track of the Movies stuff. Uh, okay. We had so many people who showed up for that and helped us out for that. I want to thank like all our friends who showed up from Karen to Jen to Marie. Yeah, or, no, did Marie? No, no Marie no, did not come. Maria, so, Marie, no thanks No thanks you. to you. <laughs> Nora, uh, Mara's mom, Cecilia, and her friend Eileen. Um, so many cool people showed up to this. And also, we had all these people that took part in it, from yeah, Jeff Berg yeah. to Devin D. O'Leary to uh, Mara Woody to um, uh, Frank Larrabee, Gary Kanan, and um, 
and Alan Swain. Swain. Yeah. Oh, and and I forget her name, Laura Leanne, who was from the audience, who uh, oh, right, right, she yes. came up and answered questions about yeah. her how the film being filmed there. We just had so many cool people that were a part well, of it. We're this. definitely going to do it again. Keith at the Guild, we yes, got to thank yeah. him. Incredible. We are going to have another, we're going to have a, um, a live recording sometime, probably in June over at the Tanix. Just keep your eyes open for that. That'll be fun. Um, and we're going to do another movie event at the Guild at some point, yeah. too. We have a good idea for it. So Again, cool. great thanks to uh, to Adam for coming Seriously, in. Seriously, you guys, for after uh, the crash course in local <laughs> weirdness I did not know about. <laughs> of course. And yeah, I think we'll probably see you June 18th Sounds at, the, good. Um, at the Vista Grande Heck yeah. awesome. Center. Come awesome. on out. It'll be good. Right at the crossroads of New Mexico history. Seriously. Thank you.